1: Hey, Welcome, everyone. It is Monday afternoon again, and we are here. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. The mission of our show is to leave no stone unturned, collaboratively, to make a difference in the world, even as one person. That's right. I say that hesitantly. um, First, welcome, Eva. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
1: Uh, I say that hesitantly because we seem to be in the age of the short fuse and um, we need to lengthen that somehow, right? Um, otherwise, I don't know how anything gets better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so are you not speaking today? No, I am speaking today. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's right. You said mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, uh, you know, what's interesting is we, um, we kind of, we kind of have hope for the future with our youth, right? We have and, big hope for the future. And, um, you know, and that's a good thing, right? One of my concerns with the youth and today's show is all about that. And we'll bring out our guests in a minute is, you know, we're so influenceable at that age that we have to be really careful with what we think, do, and say, right? Because we could be misled.
2: Which age are you talking about, though?
1: Um, well, really any age, but in, in this in today's show, we're going to be talking about maybe high school age students. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these guys, and what is that age, like 16, 17?
2: Yeah, up to about 18.
1: So so it's right before they're, we're eligible to vote. Right right? Um, man, is that is that a, a market of opportunity for um, making the country a better place?
2: Well, and I, I see it as even more than that. It's um, you know we really need to start talking to our kids because those are the future leaders. Right. There are future leaders. And when we take those, when we take our youth and we nurture them, but nurture them in a way not where we're imposing our values and our views on them, but letting them figure out how to make their own decisions around that, how to use their critical thinking skills, how to look at things themselves. I mean, I'll never forget. When I got older and I started realizing that a lot of the stuff that my dad told me was like 50% fact and then 50% like his embellishment on it, I thought, wow, you you can't trust anybody with the facts, right? I mean, I had to go out and find my own facts, which I know that a lot of people have that too. You know, they go out and they start seeing that, wow, maybe the way that my parents thought and even my friends and my relatives thought isn't the way that I necessarily think.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Maybe there are no facts. Maybe everything is embellishment these days.
2: Well, I I mean, I don't think that that's true. I think that there are facts around things. But I think it also is that it's important then as a young person to go out and find out what's true for you and what works for you and what's right for you. And not just to listen, but to actually think and have critical thinking about it.
1: So before we bring out our guest, well, let me ask you, Mm -hmm. if you had the opportunity to go back in time. Would you?
2: Um, I think about that a lot. No, I don't think I would go back in time. I would maybe go back to my thirties, my late thirties, but not like back, back in time now. Interesting. Mm -mm.
1: Um, Okay. So it is a a really interesting topic, um, and a huge market. And we do have a really cool expert today. And I remember when we met a while back, um, I would love to introduce our very special guest who is the author of this really cool book. You ready for this? High School Graduates' Owner's Manual. Mm -hmm. Go figure. So we need to really get into this and understand what exactly, as a high school student, I can gain from this information. I would love to introduce our very special guest, Jim Egan. Jim, are you there?
3: Yes, I am. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey,
1: um, thank you, and welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. So, Jim, for starters, um, share maybe a website or something about what you have so that others can follow along.
3: Okay, uh, it's, uh, the website is gradgiftnow.com, just like it sounds. Uh, the book is available there as well as anywhere books are available online. The advantage to ordering it from the website is you can get an autographed copy that can have a special note into the recipient if it is being purchased as a gift for a high school child. So that's one option, but it's pretty much available everywhere online.
1: Interesting. That's great. And so the mission behind the book, which we'll get into, is um, what? That every high school student should have one of these.
3: Well, I think that would be a great idea. Um, <laughs> I I thought it was uh, when I when I came up with the idea for the book, it just kind of struck me as you know being you know four decades out of high school at the time. You know, the thought was, boy, I know so much now that I wish I had known then. And then I started to identify certain areas that it seemed to me that a young person today could just so greatly benefit if they understood. Some of the concepts in the book and how it can benefit them and how some choices they make can have negative effects on them for, you know, the rest of their life.
1: Yeah, interesting. And, you know, um, while we were talking before we introduced you, Eva had made a point of saying we need to let The students grow on their own and Mm -hmm. let their own authentic selves come out as opposed to being micromanaged. Um, so, you know, how does that, how does that equate to your philosophy and the book?
3: Well, I, I think that, uh, kids today have so much thrown at them information wise, peer pressure wise from the media and all that they don't really. Know how to separate the good from the bad. And it, as Eva said, I think it's important that they have to discover these things on their own. They have to discover who they are. But I think it can help them to have a little guidance from a, a essentially a third party that has no, uh, you know, doesn't have anything in the game other than an interest that they uh, get off to a successful start. And have a, more options later on to make better decisions, and that was kind of the impetus behind, you know, behind the book. and that, the feedback I've gotten over the last year since it came out in last April is a lot of people said, you know, I could tell my kids this, but they wouldn't listen to it from me, but they might from your book because you you know, the way the book is postured, it's here's some things that I learned over time. I hope this can help you.
1: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. interesting. And that also maps to what you were saying, Eva, that, you know, half of what you heard from your parents made sense, half didn't, you know. Right. The fact that this is it's sort of like, you know, in corporate, right? A third party audit. (laughs) Right. 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 So it's a third party book. And I think, Jim, you're right. I think it it does help because there's no personal button pushing pushing attached to what's in the book, right?
3: Well, exactly. Um it it's meant to be essentially um Advice guidance based on a lifetime of experience and, you know, looking back, seeing certain things along the way. And a lot of uh, what I have in here, a lot of it is advice that I received that was good advice that I ignored. And it's because I didn't know any better. And, um, for example, I had an uncle that gave me a lot of good advice, but he was a salesman. He was always selling and I kind of, my view of it is always oh, just selling me. He's trying to get me to, you know, go along with his line of thought, and almost all of his advice was great. But I was just where it was coming from. I didn't. I guess I questioned the motive, and I wasn't receptive to it. hmm
1: Interesting. Interesting.
3: Um, yeah, and
1: you're right. There's a ton of information out there, and our heads spin as a result. Even as adults, could just imagine. You know, when I was in high school. There was no social media so it was limited. Right. It wasn't as right. chaotic as it is now. You know, it's funny, right? Um Eva rolls it all up for me and simplifies everything as just
2: try not to be a jerk. And that really helps
1: so much, you
2: know. <laughs> At the end of the day, when you're not sure, just try not to be a jerk. Yeah,
1: And I, you know, and I think that's the overall message in a way, right? We want everybody to go forth and prosper, but not really at anyone's expense, right?
3: Well, yeah, definitely. And I think that there there are ways you can prosper that um, it's not a zero sum game where if you prosper, somebody else doesn't. It's a matter of finding ways to do things smarter and, you know you know, example, you know, one example that I talk about in there is just kind of how credit works, how important it is when you're young that you don't screw up your credit rating. And it's things like a lot of, you know, kids at that age don't really understand. They go to, uh, they get their first job, they get their first credit card, they miss a couple payments, and all of a sudden they're on the road to paying more for everything they purchase over a lifetime because they have a bad credit rating. And, you know, it's a lot of the things in there are things that we as adults think is common sense and, well, they should be taught this, but, again, do they retain it? And that's kind of the uh, the idea behind some of the concepts in here, the way they're presented is these are things you've probably already heard about. You have some understanding about them, but here's why it's important. Yeah,
1: I think it's really cool, you know. Um, so, again, as an adult, right, when we, when we learn about these um, techniques, For adults, at times, it seems to be like a little um, controlling to me, right? Um, So the way it's delivered in the book, um, I think, is delivered in a way that students will not feel like they're being controlled and that it is just free information for their benefit. And I think that's a big thing, right?
2: Well, and they also can take a look at the book and they can go through the book and take the pieces that they want and pieces that they don't want. There's they don't have to answer to anybody while you're listening to advice, because sometimes when you're listening to advice, it feels like you have to respond to it or say, oh, that's a good idea or not a good idea. Uncle Bob, you know, you kind of get in this whole dialogue, whereas when you've got a book, all you have to do is look at the book. And then you can decide for yourself whether or not you want to get right, advice though, without having an argument
1: with anybody. A lot of it is common sense, but you need to read it, right? I mean, it is right. so true, Jim, when you say, when you talk about credit and credit cards and, and discipline around that, I can tell you that, um, <laughs> if somebody would have handed me a manual when I was in high school, I think, um, I think it would have helped. For I think you sure.
2: wouldn't have read it, right? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I think that's part of it, too, is like, you know, sometimes you, you hand it to somebody. And what's cool about having a book, right, is right when you get it handed to you, you may not read it. But somewhere down the road, something's going to happen. And then you're going to pick it up and you're going to go, oh, why didn't I read this sooner? You know
1: <laughs> and, and you know what, Jim? This is a little clever clever, um, marketing on your part, because it's not say a book on how to manage your credit or how to manage your finances. Right. It's basically a user manual. For so life for life. So you can just carry it around with you and skim through it on a regular basis. And I think that makes, that is something I would have read. Right. You,
2: you'd almost sure. be better served when you're handing it to your kid to say, don't read this. <laughs>
1: yeah, <maybe. laughs> um, all right, so this is really good. Uh, there's hope yes. with, with stuff like this. We're going to take our first break. I just want to share quick gradgiftnow.com, mm-hmm. and uh, the book is The High School Graduate's Owner's Manual. Please stay with us. We have a lot more to discuss. We'll be right back.
0: Let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
2: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Our guest today is Jim Egan, and he's the author of the High School Graduates Owner's Manual. And we're talking about high school graduates and how we can help them in the future because they are our future leaders. So, you know, Jim, I was thinking about, you know, when you were talking about Credit score and that if you, you know, get messed up with credit cards that your credit score is messed up and it's going to impact you for a really long time. And I was just thinking about that. I'm, I'm just thinking that high schoolers today, what they've got ahead of them is so much more daunting than it was for us. You know, credit score can get messed up and it can impact you forever. You know, you put pictures out on Facebook and they never come down. You know, there's pictures out on Instagram. You know, I just, You know, it's like I just thank my lucky stars that there were no pictures that I could put out on Facebook or Instagram when I was young, you know, because you're right, it could really impact you. And so what are some of the other things that um, young kids today have to really look out for that could really impact them in the long term?
3: Well, I think that one of the mistakes that so many of them make Is they get that inappropriate tattoo or the tattoo in the wrong location. Hmm. It seems like a good idea when they're 18, 19, 20, but probably by the time they're in their late 20s, early 30s, uh, they really regret they ever did it. And, um, as, you know, someone who has run businesses and hired people and all that, if you, if you look at what happens when you have a young person walk in to see you to apply for a job and they might have a big tattoo on their neck, or something like that, you know, in most cases, they have immediately eliminated themselves from the candidate pool. And it's, it seems like it's such a hard thing not to do for kids these days, but I think the uh, tattoos and piercings and things like that um, really can hold someone back because when you're young, a lot of it is about a first impression. And it, it's not even just for things like jobs. It can be in school if you're a candidate. You know, for a grad school program, something like that, and it's competitive and it's you against a couple other people and you're all inked up, chances are you're gonna have a hard time getting that assignment.
2: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think also too, it also depends on the culture that you're trying to get into because then there's other cultures where everybody kind of is that way. So but you're right. Sure. I mean you have to kind of look to see where you're where you're trying to get into. And I, I will say, though, that when it comes to tattoos, not so much piercings, because piercings can be, I remember when I first started going to Whole Foods and everybody had a lot of piercings, it can be kind of unsettling. <laughs> but um, but with the tattoos, just to let our listeners know, a good concealer will cover that right up and no one will know that you've got those tattoos on, too, so you can <laughs> cover those up pretty easily. Um, and Yeah, I was thinking about all of that, too, because I mean, the culture is so different now. And it's, and you do see young kids that do look this way. And for us, I think it's kind of, you know, it can be a bit unsettling. But on the other hand, it just depends, you know, just like I said, it depends on what culture they're getting into, because there's other cultures where everybody's like, yeah, this is the way, this is how people are looking now. You know, it's not that big of a deal anymore. And when it comes to things like finances, let's talk about that a little bit, because I know that finances can be really daunting when you're young and credit score is such a big deal. Like what's some of the advice that you give young people when it comes to money? Because it just seems like a, they don't have any and B credit can be really easy to get. And I know there's a lot of pitfalls around that.
3: Oh, sure. And I think with uh, young people, the the financial advice really starts with kind of helping them understand how money works and the concept Mm -hmm. that you're going to start out working for money at some point. If you do it right, your money is going to work for you. And one of the bits of advice that I got that I wish I had followed was when it came time to purchase my first home to buy a duplex. So that I had, uh, basically an asset that was driving revenue from the rent collected on the other side. And the, uh, you know, this type of advice, if you follow it and parlay it, and it, the other thing that I think I didn't have when I was that age that I think I'm trying to help young people with, with this, with this work is to help them to have somewhat of a focus on what results they want to have. Because as, mm. you know, I think we're all from the same era and, when I got out and went into the world after high school, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do or how I was going to get there. I ended up going to a four-year, a good school, but, you know, the point was I still had no idea by the time I got out of college what I wanted to do, and that applied to my view of the financial world as well. I had no idea, and I think that with the, the way the uh, retirement options have shifted from when, when I got out of college, the idea was you would get a job. You'd work for a company for 30 or 40 years and then you'd have a, you'd be set for retirement. And it doesn't work that way anymore, anymore in almost all fields. And so young people have to be smarter about money. And it really does start at a, you know, at the high school level to understand that if I do it right, I'm going to get my money working for me, but I have to start somewhere and understand some basic concepts, especially about how investing works. Um, you know, what are safe investments? what are things that can, you know, drive revenue for you year in and year out, and just some things to be aware of. I think it's it's a leap to expect a young person to understand all of it, but what you're trying to do is give them the roadmap that will help them get there and know where to look when the, the right times in their life uh, present themselves.
2: You know, and I know that you um, work with a lot of, young kids. I mean, you were a cub master, you were a Boy Scout troop leader, um, you were also a fraternity advisor. So you've worked with kids at all different levels and at all different ages, but you've had a lot of exposure. Is there anything that sticks out when it comes to kids, when it comes to maybe finances or anything um, that is so that is really different from when we were young?
3: Well, I, I think one of the things is this, the instantness of access to money, whether it's through mm-hmm. their debit cards, um, I think. I, again, today college kids basically live on their debit cards. They don't write checks. Uh, they have, you know, their money uh, in their account, whether it's through, you know, their, um, you know, loans for school, parents, or if they have a job working. But their access to money is instant. There's less of a need for planning than to be. And I, I think that with you know, the, one of the big pitfalls, you know, I think especially college kids do these days is, you know, they're out with their friends having fun and they decide they need to get that late night snack or whatever. And they go to an ATM machine and take 20 bucks out and pay a $3 fee, you know, mm-hmm. not understanding, you know, what that, uh, you know, how they're actually wasting their money, things like that. And I think, you know, from, when, again, my era, it was all you had a budget, you had to have. Um, you know, a plan, because if you ran out of money, you ran out of money. And The other thing we had going for us that's much tougher now is everything was so much cheaper in terms of tuition and things like that, where you could almost pay for a college education by working part-time during the school year and working the summer. where we didn't come out of school with these huge mountain loads of debt, which is one of the things that I really strongly recommend that if a young person does not have a very clear idea and desire of what they want to do with a continuing education, that they probably wait a year or two, work for a while, save some money, and try to get a focus on where they want to wind up and what they want to go into. Because I talk about that in the book that you know, once you are out in the adult world and you're in the work world, you're going to have to be doing something for 30 or 40 years and it should it ought to be something you really like to do because I think there's nothing worse way back one and today than be be having to go to work every day for something that you absolutely hate, and so many people are in that trap
2: I agree I mean there's so many people that are in that trap. I was in that trap for a while too, and um you know when we were when we were that young, it was kind of you just sort of had a set path like you either went to be a lawyer, you went to be an accountant, you know, later on, a little bit later on, it was IT. But um, there were very few of us that were doing anything separate from that, simply because we are engineering simply because we didn't know what other options were out there. And now it feels like there's so many options out there. It's almost, it's almost more daunting, because it's like, well, what do I pick? And how do I know it's the right thing? And it's almost like what I like about the book is you're giving them tools that, yeah, it's important to know what you want to do. But then there's it's also important to understand that that may shift. But these tools will then help them be in a position so that if they want to shift or need to shift, they can do that because they know how to take care of their money, their credit score is up, they know how to follow their passions and get a job and hold a job. So it's it's so important that they have these life skills because things do shift and change, and we have to be ready to make those shifts and those changes. Because what we see now, just like for us, everything is so different than when we were young. You know, when they get a little bit older, who knows with the Internet and everything's out there, who knows how different things are going to be. It's stuff we can't even imagine at this point. Well, and I think
3: that one of the advantages young people have in a way is they are exposed to a lot of things. I think this generation will be much more capable of shifting on the fly from one area to another than our generation was where you kind of Mm -hmm. felt you were stuck in whatever it was you were doing. So I think, you know, as I look at this, there's a heck of a lot of opportunity for young people today. But again, I think one of the points I'm trying to make is that I hate to see them dig a hole for themselves early on that they're just fighting to get out of for, you know, the first, you know, 5, 10, 15 years after they they complete a college education, if that's the route they go. And Mm -hmm. I think it's also important for them with what college costs these days to understand certain degrees, you know, what is their probability of actually getting a position that they like that will pay them once they graduate from college. I think one of the knocks on college these days is a lot of The degrees may be what your passion is, but you may not be able to monetize that once you get your degree, which would require you to either get a different degree, go back for an advanced degree in some areas. So I think think the stakes are bigger for young people today than they were when we were there, and I think they really have to be better informed.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, and I agree with, um, you know, your passion may not be necessarily how you get your money. And and you may be doing some different work, but then also pursuing your passion at night. That might not be what you use to monetize your life, but yet it is what will keep you going and will give you joy. But it may not be what you do for your work. And that's important to note, too. And you're absolutely right. Spending all that money on college for a degree that a wouldn't help you or b just gets you stuck in so much money, it gets you in debt. So indebted, and yet you have no way to pay that back, you know, may not make sense. And so taking some time to really look at that and understanding what your options are. So I think the book is just a really great asset for young people to have and to use as a reference. Um, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Jim Egan. We'll be right back.
0: Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind boggling, off the charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day to day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
1: Okay, so we are back and we're speaking with um author Jim Egan,
3: mm-hmm.
1: who has created this really cool book, The High School Graduate's Owner's Manual, and it's really something for every high school age person, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I say person, Jim, because, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to be in high school to benefit from this. Um, and just to learn more about Jim or to get this book, which is a really cool gift even for Christmas, is – GradGiftNow.com. GradGiftNow.com. And again, the book is High School Graduates Owner's Manual, which is really cool. So, um, you know, a couple of things, Jim. I mean, you know, oftentimes, going back, you know, when I was in high school, I really didn't, I really didn't understand where I was headed. I didn't even know where. I was going. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything. I was just sort of going through the motions, right? Um, and I so would this book maybe help me? Or you know, I don't want to say would it turn me off, but um, I want to know how I could use it if, let's say, I don't have a plan going forward, right? At that age.
3: Yeah, and I think I think that's that's very common. Uh, one of the interesting Bits of feedback that I got quite a bit from people once the book came out was that several people that and and again this book is almost always it's it's bought as a gift to be given to someone you know, I don't know that uh, many high school kids ran out and got it for themselves but uh, one of the things that w- really I found to be a great feedback was from parents that had gotten it for a graduate and then came back and got another copy to give to their 15 year old or their 16 year old and basically said, I want them to read this now so I can talk about it with them. And, you know, some parents said, you know, my kid doesn't, you know, he's not going to want to read it and that. But I can get him to read it because I can tell him there's things in there that are really going to help him. And then we can talk about it at the kitchen table or wherever. And it can lead to kind of, you know, discussion openers with a, a high school person. Because, again, most high school kids, I think, don't know their direction. Although, obviously, many do because you see those are the ones you read about in the paper, getting all the awards and all that. But there's the high school kids that you never hear about that are kind of struggling. And I think that the information in the book can help them and at least give them some encouragement about different possibilities, different ways that they can help themselves. And one of the you know basic tenets I had you know, when I was putting this together was no high school kid wants to fail or be unsuccessful. They might not think of success in the terms that we do, but whether it's being popular, whether it's having friends, whatever it is, and one of the ways you get there is you, you get your inner self on a, you know, on the proper balance. And I think the different things in this book can give young people kind of some insight that, okay, I know what I'm going to do when this happens. I know what I'm going to do when that happens. And gives them a little bit of support combined with parental interaction. That can help them be better prepared moving forward.
1: Yeah, sometimes, you know, there's that, it's that, um, age of protest because you're coming into your own and you're getting pushback from all the powers that be, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I would, I would look to this book as a third party sort of, um, coach for me. Um, for example, Right. And I know we've talked about it already and, and you bring it up in the book about tattoos or piercing. Um, you know, the thing is, if you want to make a statement, make it. It's that's why we want to hear it. Right. Because we want to we want your gifts, too. Right. Right. But maybe you want to make it somewhere that you're not going to regret for the rest of your life. I think is that a fair point that you make in the book?
3: Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, you know, make, the, the comment has made that, you know, think of think of yourself, that yourself as a 19- or 20-year-old, how are you as a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old going to feel about that goofy tattoo you put, you know, on your lower arm or on your neck or somewhere like that where everybody can see it. And as Ava said, you can cover them up in the technology. I mean, one field that I think a lot of people wish they could find a way into is tattoo removal these days because it is such a uh, there is such a demand for it but i think that there's you know at different different elements in, in here really do provide things to think about for uh not just seniors but younger people in high school uh, one parent commented to me about they wanted their their you know sophomore in high school to read the college chapter about whether to go to college or whether to uh, you know, maybe go to a technical school for a couple of years or things like that. And several people said to me, that information kids need to get when they're a freshman or sophomore, because that's when they're starting to, you know, get into that mindset that, oh, I have to go to college, but I don't know what I want to do and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I think with the cost of college these days, I I would, now my kids are past this stage, but um, I would discourage a young person today to go to college simply to go to college. If you have a focus and um, are driven, then by all means. But if you're not sure what you want to do, you know, mature a little bit. Take a year or two years to work. Get some funds so you're not, you know, financially as hard-pressed. And you'll probably have a better idea what you want to do. If not, you'll have some certain ideas what you don't want to do.
1: Yeah, I think it's true what you said earlier about, you know, we all have, uh, even at that age, especially, um, the desire to do something of value, right? We may not know what it is, but we, we want to do something that is good, right?
2: Right. And, and I agree with you about, you know, taking some time and working and figuring it out. I know when I was young, um, I had a lot of friends that either left school or didn't go to school until later and then went to school at night. Now the difference was for us is that my company and our companies were paying for it. Like my company paid for my grad school. So I was going to grad school at night, but also when you're working and you're going to school at night, you really make darn sure that that's really what you want to do because it's a lot of work to get that done. You know, it takes a lot of dedication to, you know, go to work and then go to school at night, and you really want it. And when you're done, you're really, really proud of it. Yeah, you know, there's something to be said for that. And on the other hand, and you and you're a little bit more mature, just like you said, Jim. So you've been out in the workforce for a while, and you understand what's important, you understand what employers are looking for. And suddenly, it's not such a joke anymore. You know, I mean, you're there and you're studying and you're really learning as a way to impact the work that you're doing out in the world. That's a great point. Yeah. Um,
1: it is. Um, it might be a little hard for a high school student to digest all of this cool stuff, right? And um,
2: It is, but what I, what I like about the book is if you can get them to sit down and read it and take a look at it, or even as a parent or a teacher, let them know that there's other options. Yeah. Because sometimes... Just like you were saying, Jim, it's, it just feels sometimes like the pressure is just on that you've got to pick a school. They, they don't even know that there's trade schools. I didn't even know about the different career choices that were out there. Mm. I mean, my view of what was out there was really, really limited. And I know that I'm not, I I know that I'm not alone in that to other people that I've spoken to that went to college at the same time I did. And I'm sure that it's still the same. Even though we've got the internet out there, sometimes you just don't know where your skill set
3: fits. Well, and, and many many high school curriculum are college prep driven, so areas like trades and other types of occupations really don't get much emphasis. I know in uh, where I went to high school, you know, they don't have wood shop or metal shop anymore. You mm-hmm. know, and those were something that when I was there, you everybody took those courses and I loved them. And mm-hmm. you know, they just don't have those anymore. And I think that uh, you know, young people you know, you're at that age where you have nothing but options in front of you. So it's important, I think, that you know what all of them are, or at least what a lot of them are. And there's, you know, a lot of different ways to proceed with things. So I think that, you know, there's, there's some nuts and bolts, things like that in the book. And then I tried to put some, I think, some fun things in there as well, or things to help brown somebody out. I have one, one chapter in there is called Where Do Great Ideas Come From? And I think, mm. That's important for young people because, you know, young people are that basically they're they're filled with ideas. Now, some of them are crazy and some of our impractical. So they don't know what, you know, what what they don't know, or they don't know what other people have already proven cannot be done. But you look at uh, you know just our whole technology world, and you look at companies like Microsoft and Apple, which were essentially started by high school graduate college dropouts and you look what those things became. So I think that for young people, the idea of anything is possible is still a great concept to have.
1: Well, I think when, when we uh, start reading stuff like that in the book, we may get the light goes on that says, Ooh, we got a teammate here. Mm-hmm. This guy's, you know, that's a good point. Um, you know, I have, I have a question, right? I'm looking and from when we met, right. And, um, I just have to share something uh, and a question that you had suggested, and it's how to get someone else to pay for where you live for the rest of your life. Now, is that something that's in the book, or is that just some sort of advice? I mean, what do we do with that
3: sentence? Well, actually, that was was the very practical advice that I wish I had followed when I was uh, in my early 20s. And that is the whole concept of making your first home a duplex. So you have someone on the other side of the duplex paying you rent, which will essentially cover, in most cases, almost half of your interest and in principal on that home. And then what the, the guidance is, the suggestion is, is to save that money that is being paid to you as rent to build up your nest egg so you can get your second duplex, where now you have three tenants, and between the three of them it depends what kind of interest rate you you've gotten with interest rates being as crazy low as they've been uh the last few years with just two with just two duplexes and the income from those other rents you could conceivably have all of your living expenses paid for now that's not always the case you may have to get to your third duplex but i think the real benefit of doing taking this type of approach is you've created A asset or assets that provide cash flow, it also gives you great exposure to your local banks, to how financing works, things like that, and so that you can make a decision. And again, you're still working your regular job, you're doing everything else, but you can make a decision at a young age if this is something that you want to pursue and turn it into something where you might start getting into larger properties, things like that, and become a property manager, as well as pursuing other things you wanna do. And I can't tell you how many people I've met over the years that took this approach almost accidentally at first, but that it ended up making them financially independent by the time they were probably in their 40s and enabled them to pretty much do whatever they wanted to do with their life.
1: Interesting, and you know what's a little secret here, right? And that is you know, between what you just shared about planning Um, a home as a duplex to use utilize the rent. And then earlier you talked about basic ATM fee knowledge and then credit worthiness. And all of these things have nothing to do with what college you want to go to and what you want to do with your career, which makes them even more valuable because
2: you could do them in parallel, right? Right. And that's what I also like when you were talking about with the trade schools too and learning a trade. I think a lot of times that kids don't realize how much money is in a trade. And you could be making a lot more money than you can be working at a corporate job. Yeah. And they don't even realize that. And then you could really be working for yourself and have your own business that way. Yeah. And yep. I don't think that they really think about that. Um, well,
1: I, you know, I, I just think at this point, it needs to be on every student's lap. Okay. <laughs> well, so, tattoo it on them. <laughs> so I just want to share the website before we go to our final break. And it's gradgiftnow.com. And the book is the High School Graduate's Owner's Manual. I mean, what better gift? So um, we still have some more to discuss. This mm-hmm. is really cool. and uh, also applies to adults, by the way, I must say. Hmm. Um, but stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back.
0: Charlie Labasco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one hour keynote presentation or a five day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, Go to charlyspeaking.com. That's charlyspeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
2: We are back, and our guest today is Jim Egan, and again, he is the author of The High School Graduates' Owner's Manual. And you can learn more about Jim, and you can get the book at gradgiftnow.com. It's also available on Amazon and all your other online book-buying outlets. Um So, Jim, you are a friend to all high school graduates. <laughs> That's for sure. And, you know, there's something that... um I saw that you, something you had written down that I thought was really interesting, and I agree with it. You said everyone has advice for high school students. So how can they tell good, ab- good advice from bad advice from, from disastrous advice? Because it's not always that easy
3: to figure yeah, out. Uh, it, it definitely is not, and that's one of the areas where I look back, some of the best-intentioned but worst advice, Came from people that were very close to me, my dad, and one of my uncles. Um, uh, I worked for uh, a large corporation when I got out of college, and I was there. Uh, it's probably I was it'd probably there about two years at the time, and they had we we're at my brother's college graduation, and my dad and my uncle were, were sitting around talking, and you know they asked me, well, how I like working for the big company, and you know, I said, well, it's okay, but I don't know if it's really the best use of my skills. And, you know, at the time, I thought I wanted to do more creative things. Uh, I used to do a little bit of stand-up, things like that. Uh, I liked writing. Um, You know, that was an option. And, you know, the advice they gave me, and they were both career guys with other large companies, was that, well, you really need to stay in that job for seven years before you should even think about making a decision. And I ended up staying there 10 years. And I did very well, and I did learn a lot. There was a trade-off that I greatly benefited from, but the other side of it is, I think I would have discovered what I really wanted to do earlier uh, mm-hmm. in life uh, if I had not been given that advice. Because I was living in Minneapolis at the time. There was all kinds of things a young person could do, and instead, I you know followed the corporate path, had five different jobs in 10 years, moved every two years, and. Um, you know, was a good corporate soldier, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So, again, there were trade-offs. I got great benefit from my years there and was able to use that experience as I went down, you know, future career paths. But I think that uh, advice, it, it's going to come from everywhere, especially as people are young. I think they have to look at the source. Uh, sometimes, again, some great advice can come from people where you least expect it. So it, it's a matter of, Seeing how the advice aligns with who you are and what you think you want to do, but also I think you have to weigh the advice. If it's coming from someone that definitely has your best interest in mind, you have to give that more weight than if it's from one of your, you know, buddies that's a goofy guy and he says, "Hey, you're really good at drawing. You got to get into, you know, this or that." It may be good advice, but it might not be.
2: Yeah. And it's always, you always have to go with your gut, right? I think one of the biggest skills that you can really work and get is really understanding your gut and listening to your gut and working with your intuition because that will always lead you for the most part in the right direction. If you've got that skill honed, um, you know, and like you were saying with, with doing stand up, those are all kinds of things that, you know, everybody wants to keep you safe. Everybody wants to keep you on the path where they feel safe. But on the other hand, those are things that you could have tried at night. You could have tried on the weekend just to kind of dip a toe in, also keeping your corporate job for a while, but then seeing if you like it because there are all these different ways that you can now explore other career options without necessarily having to lose the job that you currently have. And I'm with you. I mean, I I enjoyed my corporate career as well. I had a long corporate career. Um, I made a lot of friends. I made a lot of money. I was doing well in it. But, on the other hand, I was also doing stuff like voiceover at night. I was taking acting at night in my late thirties, and it wasn't until I started doing that in my late thirties that I really feel like felt like I started stepping into my own and being my own person, even though I did keep going with my corporate career and did 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 sure. do different things like consulting and and that. but um, but I do like you know, it's so important that even people that love you may not necessarily give you the advice that's right for you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that, but you made a great point. You know, you got to kind of discover who you are, Get, if you can, you know, get that inner voice that is pushing you in the right direction, and then experience all those things. I mean, I agree with you. I I was, uh, my corporate career is, I think, in some ways still going on, and Mm -hmm. um, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy the business world a lot. But, again, things like writing, things like you know, speaking in front of groups, things like that, those are other uh, skills, and it's, it, that gives you a different kind of reward, a different feeling. And all these things are important. I think the right overall, you know, the, the perfect life has, and when I say that, there's no perfect life, but, I mean, right. uh, a good mix of things you like to do where you look forward to getting up every day and doing it, that's a pretty good life.
1: Hmm. Um what's interesting is so you're not a high school student you were but you're not and the world is constantly changing as is the curriculums like we even discussed with the shop classes and stuff it seems to me that you managed to create a timeless manual right it's it it's just as efficient today as it was five years ago and hopefully five years from now which i think is really cool on your part right
3: well, thanks. Uh, I think the values are universal, and the, you know, the advice that we you know, covers different things that each of these topics that we, we cover in here are things that a young person is going to have to discover or be faced with at some point. And, you know, the last chapter in the book is about giving back, and that's something that is also part of a, you know, a well-rounded life is that you have a sense that, you know, it's not all about you that There's things you can do to help other people that's going to make you a better person at the same time. And I think that that's something that anyone who is involved in any kind of a volunteer experience or anybody that goes out of their way to help other people, I think, always realizes that they get more back than what they're giving at the end of the day.
1: Haven't heard that advice given to high school students of late, I can say that, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: you know, and it's so important and it's so important to even do that at work. I mean, what I'm what I'm seeing lately and what I saw like in like the last 10 years of my career is that we don't train when we don't train young people when they come into the workforce anymore, we kind of expect them to hit the ground running and then we, we trash them if they're, they're not doing things the way we think they should do, do them. We don't really train them anymore. We don't take the time. And one of the places that they can even start giving back, not so much in a volunteer capacity, but just giving more of themselves when they're at work with collaboration and sharing and, and watching out for each other. Here's what I think. Yes. Yeah. tell me what you want me to do. Right, right. I thought you were going to tell me what you thought, but yes. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, here's what I think, but working together and watching out for each other. I mean, I remember when we were young, there was a lot of us that were young in the workforce, and we did kind of band together. You know, we'd go out together, and then we kind of watch each other's backs, and we got to work. And what I found later is that people started getting away from that. It became more cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to start going back to that because that also – you know, kind of playing off of your friends too, watching what friends you choose, because I know with me, like one friend went to grad school, well, then I had to go to grad school, right? And she wasn't going to go to grad school before me, one friend got a promotion, well, then I needed to book for a promotion. You know, we were all kind of doing that. Hmm. Um, so Jim, I, you know, thank you so much for sharing the book with us. I mean, it's, it's just a real great, yeah, addition. very
1: different, very much yeah. needed, very well done, uh, timeless with lots of concern. Um, good job for Sure well, we need so you. Much. young uh, people
2: need you
3: yeah, I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation today and I uh, appreciate all your nice comments. Um, it is it is something that I think all you know high school kids can benefit from and I think the you know the takeaway message is that there's nothing but great possibilities out there but be smart about how you go after it.
1: Jeez, that's a really cool way to sum it up. Where was Jim when we needed yeah. him?
2: <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jim, and have a great night.
1: Yeah. Thanks again. Oh, Take pleasure. care. Thank you. Okay. Thanks.
2: And again, everyone, it's the High School Graduates Owner's Manual, and you can find it at GradGiftNow.com. You can also find it out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's out there for you to enjoy and to gift at Christmas. It would be a nice Christmas gift as well as a graduation gift. Yeah,
1: and you can see that Jim put a lot of heart and soul. It's a lot of heart and, and soul concern. in there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Even you know. if, even if they only read one page, they're yeah, still going to be one good. page smarter. Right. Yes. So have a great week, everyone. This is corporate talk with Charlie and Eva. Take care.